today's sermon is all about practicing what we preach. Uh, James wrote this letter to the teachers of the early Christian church and he wrote it to them because there was a little bit of discord in the church at the time and the teachers were very excited about sharing the gospel and in those days you had to memorize the verses, memorize the scriptures and then you would share those with new believers. So there was a huge weight of responsibility on teachers to get it right. So you can imagine how nervous I am standing up here today. But the good thing about today is that we all have access to God's word so we can test everything that we hear against what we read to be true in the Bible. So that's, that takes the pressure off a little bit. But it did get me thinking about how we're all teachers in one way or another in the way that we live our lives. Whether we're in leadership at work, whether we have children, you know, a family that we're sort of guiding through life. Um, we're all stewards in a way. Even, we even sort of work out where we put our socks in the drawers in the morning. I heard someone say that once and I thought, that's true actually, we do. But the thing about James is it's really tough to read the book of James because the whole book itself shows us where we fall short and then it goes on to show us where others fall short which makes us feel really puffed up a bit like those early Christian teachers and then because we're feeling a bit puffed up because we see other people's weaknesses God brings us back to the start where we fall short so it's a little bit hard to read sometimes. And, um, and I found it really challenging preparing this sermon. I'm not going to lie, even last night at 10 o'clock, I was talking to my children and my husband about the sermon today. I felt like there was a real heart in this sermon for all of us. It occurred to me when Nate sent through the, the verses that I would be preaching on, and I had some worship music playing in the background and a song was played and I really felt the Lord was saying, today's sermon is for all those people who have jobs that they go to every day. And I think we started off this sermon series about our calling. And this particular one today, and I think Nate's going to talk next week, is about chemistry. So it's about how we inter interact with the people around us at work. One of the things I'm not really a fan of in the church is that often when we talk about calling, we talk about this big thing that we're meant to be going out and doing. When actually, God has called us first to love him and then to love others. And so your calling is whatever you're doing in your day-to-day -day life. It's not something more Certainly there is a place for some people where God calls them out specifically for something else. But for the majority of us, it's actually obediently turning up to work every day and doing our job well and interacting with the people around us really well. So James talks about two types of wisdom. He talks about earthly wisdom and heavenly wisdom. So what is wisdom? Wisdom is how we live how we speak, 
how we treat other people. It's how we handle our life situations. It basically reveals our character. It reveals who we are. And that, that very first sentence, or the very first verse in that, in that passage that I read out, talks about how we conduct ourselves. So I feel like, as an evangelist, this is like a dream for all the evangelist introverts out there. Because it's not about what we say, although James has addressed that in an earlier place, but it's about how we live our life. How do the people around us know that there is something different about the way we live our life? How do they know that we live according to heavenly wisdom and not the wisdom of this world? It shows other people whether we are looking upwards or whether we are looking inwards. Tony Evans, I think, Suj, oh, it's like a Rancy team today. Suj is going to put up a slide now. But Tony Evans um, once said, wisdom is seeing and interpreting life from God's perspective and then making life's decisions based on that understanding. So it's living God's way, not the way of the world, not what the culture or the society around us tell us we should be striving for. I want to talk a little bit about how that really sinks in in terms of going to work every day and living life. But I think what I want to do is... Um, I'm going to ask, so I'm really following the Holy Spirit's leading here, and I've asked Alessi and Jason and their friend Christoph if they would play the song that was playing in the background when I was reading this passage. And I just wonder if it might hit you in a different way as it did for me that day when I listened to it. So if you guys would like to come up. This is not a song that we're going to be singing as worship, but it's a reflective song. So I just want you to hear the words and understanding that heavenly wisdom is seeking out God's purpose in our life as opposed to what the world around us tells us. Just reflect on those words and then we'll, I'll continue after. I don't want to go Christ before me And my heart aches with sorrow As I hit the road Christ be with me When the care of my family Takes all that I have Christ be
and I heard that song playing when I read the passage and I was thinking gosh that's me like I can remember many times in my life where that's me when I've wanted recognition for the work I'm doing when I wanted promotion or when that other person who said they did all the work when actually they didn't I did most of it got promoted or that time when I deserved a salary increase and I didn't get it. Or even that time at the school gate when I had young children and someone was sharing about the wonderful new house that they bought and how they were going on holiday that summer and we weren't. <laughs> you know, that social status. I mean, I even experienced it at theological college. It's not with... Um, sort of it's intentionality, but we have this thing of comparison that then causes an effect. And that's what James talks about in this passage. He talks about how often we are distracted by envy and by self-ambition. And what those things lead to, they lead to disorder and vile practice. Vile practice, I mean, these are probably things that we can imagine when we think about our politicians or we think about war. But it leads to conflict, fighting. It leads to rivalry. And I just want to be really clear. There is nothing wrong with ambition as long as it's in line with the responsibility to God. There is no place in God's kingdom for selfish ambition. And I, I struggle with this. I don't know about you guys, but I felt like God was saying, let's just have a heart to heart today. I struggle with how do I live in this world and not of this world? Don't you find that really hard? Or is it just me? But James says, 
Heavenly wisdom is submissive. There is meekness. Well, nobody likes this idea of being submissive because that shows weakness. But Jesus, who was described as meek, was far from beyond weak. And actually, submissiveness is firstly towards God. First we submit ourselves to God, and then he gives us the wisdom to be able to handle our life situations and our response to the people around us and to the world around us. I heard this really wonderful story earlier this week that I'm going to share. It was about a janitor who worked at NASA. And in 1962, John F. Kennedy went to visit NASA. And as he was walking around the premises, he came across a janitor. And the janitor was carrying a broom. And he said to him, what do you do here? And he said, I send man to the moon. Isn't that beautiful to know your purpose in life is bigger than what people see? and is bigger than what you can see. I just thought that was such a gorgeous story. And it was a real reminder of what our purpose in life is. See, our purpose, our first call is to love God and then to love others. In fact, Jesus said that we, we will be noticed, we will stand out because of our love for God and the love of people around us. So James asked the question at the beginning, who among you is wise and understanding? And I'm asking the question now, what is your heart posture and what mot motivates you to go into work every day? I was talking about this with Davina last night and we came across one of the reasons that we're motivated to go to work is because we want to provide for our family. And she very wisely said, but even that, even that is not of God. Because God can provide for our family. If we look to him, then everything that we do will bring fruit and James talks about the fruit of heavenly wisdom being peace. Who likes to go to bed at night feeling peaceful? <laughs> Who's gone to bed at night thinking about how they could advance themselves at work the next day? I think we've all been there. And this is not a judgment, but this is what I also really, really love about James, is that you start off thinking about where you should be in terms of God's calling. And then you notice the people around you who are not doing so well and you feel better about yourself only to realize, actually, are you really right with God? And it's hard to do. It's a really hard thing to do. Who's the wisest person in the Bible that you can think of? Solomon, yeah. Jesus, yeah. I mean, aside from Jesus, of course. But it was King Solomon. And he demonstrated what James says earlier on, that to get wisdom, all we have to do is we have to ask God for wisdom. It's that simple. 
actually, that's probably the easiest part, is to ask for wisdom. See, the thing about Solomon is that he got the wisdom, but then he still had a choice as to whether he used that or not. And that's the same for us. So Solomon asked for wisdom, but then he built a temple and he didn't treat his workers well. He overcharged them tax. He, didn't, he was very unkind. He was unfaithful. He married, I can't remember, but I think it was in the hundreds of women. So he still made mistakes, and we can still make mistakes as well. We can ask for the wisdom, but we still have a choice at the end of the day whether we put that into action, whether we follow through. So I think actually there, it's a two-part question when we're asking God. One for wisdom and then the courage to follow through on that wisdom. Because the thing is that wisdom is a supernatural gift from God. It's not innate. It's not acquired through patient hard work. It's not about self-discipline. It's not anything we can do in our own strength because we're human and we're going to keep making mistakes. But we get to use the wisdom if we choose to. And it is a gift. And it's true, we do make mistakes. But the wonderful thing about our faith is that we have a God who is kind and compassionate and gives us second chances over and over and over again. So we can reflect on the mistakes we've made, we can repent and ask for forgiveness, and we can ask for wisdom by his word. And we can try our best to live out our faith in a way that makes a difference. So the question is, what are your motives? How does your conduct demonstrate your love for God and the people around you at work? It's that that will make you stand out from everybody else. That's the thing that people will notice the most, is how you conduct yourself in those challenging moments. And it's by God and his word and through the, our action of following through and loving those around us that we can stand out for, to other people. And I mentioned Solomon already. Solomon actually went on to write most of the Proverbs in the Bible. And I think that's a great place to start when you're looking for wisdom. At the beginning of this year, I was crying out to God about a particular situation in my life. And I said, I just don't know what to do. And he reminded me that Jesus also did something similar. In Gethsemane, Jesus cried out to his father and he basically said, this is hard. Is there another way of doing this? But if it's your will, I'll do it. And that's what it kind of felt like. It felt like I was saying, this is hard. I don't know what to do. Tell me what to do. And I was led to the Proverbs. And so this year I've been working through the Proverbs. The great thing about Proverbs when you're working is that you could just read one verse a day, which is a few lines. 
It's not too difficult to do, but it's something that you can reflect on. In Psalms, there's a, um, there's a verse that says, and I think it's a great approach to, to how we do this, quiet down before God, be prayerful before him, don't bother with those who climb the ladder, who elbow their way to the top. Well, I've got, it's a whole rancy thing today. I've got my children who have slips that they're going to hand out to everyone. If you could do that now. And on the slips, there are two proverbs. You could choose your own if you prefer. But I'm going to ask Alessi and Jason and Christoph to come up and sing a prayer blessing over us. And what I'd like you to do is just to choose one of those proverbs on the slip and reflect on that as they're singing and maybe take it into the week with you. Maybe it's something you can journal about. Maybe if you've got your journals here today, you can make a few notes or draw a picture or however it is that you journal. And just think about what it means to actually look to God for wisdom rather than the world around us. Amen. Could we bring you the work of our hands now?